We meet today in Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 1 to verse 24. The steps of the young man are now steps of responsibility. He has left the home and has now moved out into life, out where he is coming in contact with reality. Sometimes I even feel that a child of God in the faith ought to grow under the arms of those who have led them to the faith, discipled them, but not continue to keep them. You must let them go out. But their survival out there in the world or to live for God depends on how well they have been counseled and advised by those who mentored them or discipled them. Now, the advice that is given to him when he is now out there is that his steps need to be ordered according to the word of God. Anyone who goes out into this world without ordering their steps according to the word of God will fall into many great difficulties in this world, both with the angry world, the pagan world, and also even will not connect with the children of God. Order your steps according to the ways of God. Now, in this chapter, wisdom is depicted as a woman. However, wisdom is for us personified in the Lord Jesus Christ. But of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30. So the young man actually needs Christ. A believer needs Christ when he goes out into the world to be a light for Christ, to be an ambassador for Christ, you need him, my friend. Order your steps according to Christ. So the boy is to listen to God's word or to God's law. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. Proverbs 3 verse 1. This again is directed to my son. And we are on Jewish ground here. And we need to understand that it is a parent who is speaking to the son. Nevertheless, it is also a great importance and significance for us to be told. And when God is speaking to us, he speaks to us as children. Do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. Let your heart keep my commands. Isn't that an interesting statement? This is more than simply submitting to duty. No, it is the loving devotion to the will of God. Remember what the psalmist wrote. Your word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against you. Psalm 119 verse 11. Also we are told regarding a young priest named Ezra, for Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. Ezra 7 verse 10. You see, there needs to be that preparation of the heart. There needs to be that preparation of the heart. But let your heart keep my commands. You cannot keep that which you have not received. Keep what you have received. And that is going into the word of God. 
Then remember how the Lord Jesus talked to his own even in the upper room. He spoke so intimately, so personally, so wonderfully of the things that had never been revealed before. He told those men, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. John 14 verse 23. My friend, do you love Jesus? If you do, then he wants you to, he wants to talk to you. Let's not put it on the basis of duty. No, Jesus is sowing seed today. That's the picture of him. And I'm sowing seeds under his direction. I do it because I love him. If anyone loves me, he will keep my commands. We keep the commandments of the Lord because we love him. It's not out of duty. Peter certainly came to understand this. Remember that he denied the Lord and how terrible it was. After the resurrection, the Lord Jesus appeared to him at a breakfast on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. Simon Peter came into the presence of the Lord. And as he did, what did the Lord ask him? Did he come to him saying, Peter, what do you mean by denying me? Is that what he said? Oh, no, no, no. He asked, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? John 21 verse 17. You see, that is the most important question. That's the crux of the matter. Do you love me? If you love him, my friend, it makes life so much brighter and richer and more wonderful. That is the most important thing. You might even have failed, but do you love the Lord? And Simon Peter could re reply and say, Lord, you know very well that I love you. This is why Simon was even restored, reinstated into ministry because he loved the Lord. Proverbs 3 verse 3 Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Mercy is loving kindness. The law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. What is loving kindness? It is grace. It is more than kindness. I'll tell you again of a teacher who once asked a little girl the difference between kindness and loving kindness. And the little girl gave a brilliant answer. It illustrates what we are talking about. She answered, well... If you go and ask your mom for a piece of bread with some butter on it and she gives it to you, that's kindness. But if she puts a little gem on it without your asking, that is loving kindness. Isn't that amazing? My friend, God puts a little gem on it for us, loving kindness and truth. Do not forsake them. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. The laws of the Lord. The truth of the Lord. Proverbs 3 verse 4. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. You see, when truth and loving kindness are with you, you will find favor and high esteem, not just in the sight of God, but also in the sight of men. Remember that that was the characteristic 
of Jesus Christ, we are told that he grew both in wisdom, in stature, and in favor with God and man. How wonderful this is. The next two verses are actually very familiar. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Proverbs 3 verse 5 and verse 6. In a church service where people are invited to give their favorite verses, actually these verses are invariably quoted. I'm sure I have heard them in a hundred meetings. I sometimes even wonder if those who say them realize that they come out of such a rich vein of truth. We need to remember that these verses are directed to the man who diligently studies the word of God, to the young man who listens to the law of God. It is as Paul wrote to Timothy, be diligent to present yourself approved to God a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 2 Timothy 2 verse 15. You see, having studied the word of God and knowing something about the loving kindness, the truth and the grace of God, holding on to these things is important. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, Acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Let us pause and look at this for a moment. This is a very solemn admonition, yet it offers such wonderful assurance of guidance into a way of peace. What a contrast this is to Proverbs 28 verse 26. He who trusts in his own heart is a fool. It says here, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Do not lean on your own understanding. On the other hand, it is a wonderful thing to trust in the Lord with all your heart, to be totally committed to him. Total commitment to him is solely needed even today. I find myself coming back to this again and again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. You may be in an airport and learn that the time of your flight has been changed or delayed by a storm or by a stormy weather. You just were not built with wings, and you should never care too much for flying, by the way. At this time, you should just say, Lord, I want to trust you with all my heart. Now just help me to sit down here and rest in you. That's when you need him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. You see, do not try to study the weather at this time. Just remember that he says, don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge me and I shall direct your path. In all your ways, acknowledge me and I shall direct your path. You see, this applies to a number of things. This statement to trust in the Lord does not apply to people who have things. This applies to people who have things close to them. You see, when you speak to someone who is hungry to say, trust in the Lord, they are easy to trust in the Lord. When you speak to someone who has an enemy about to destroy them, 
they will say, yes, I need to trust in the Lord. But actually, this statement speaks to someone who is studying the word of God, who has all the other things around them. May I speak to you, my friend, and say, even though you have your medical insurance, trust in the Lord. Do not lean on your medical insurance. Even though you have a fat bank account, don't trust in that fat bank account. Trust in the Lord. For you might even wake up tomorrow and discover that the money you have amounts to nothing. You may even have a good doctor who looks after your family and your, yourself, but trust in the Lord. Blessed is a man who trusts in the Lord, and cursed is any man who puts his hope in the arm of flesh. Remember that the Lord Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount said, If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. Matthew 6 verse 22. That is an amazing thing. If you have committed yourself to God and you are going down a certain path, doing a certain thing, it is amazing how everything else drops into place. Then your whole body is full of light. Your whole life is full of light at that time. Trust in the Lord. Lean not on your own understanding. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Proverbs 3 verse 7 and verse 8. This verse would be translated this way. It shall be healing to your sinew and moistening to your bones. I think that it will actually improve your health to trust in the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? And don't be wise in your own eyes. Some people are really wise, but simply in their own eyes. Oh, my friend, it's wonderful to rest in the Lord rather than to rest in yourself. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. The Apostle Paul advised young Timothy, Let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from evil. 2 Timothy 2 verse 19. You see, it will get you away from sin away from those things which corrode not only your spiritual life, but your physical life as well. That is amazing. That is the joy of a child of God, to be given health, to be revived even of your flesh, strength to your bones. You will become revitalized because you are putting your confidence in the Lord. Material blessings have a spiritual significance also. Proverbs 3 verse 9 and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruit of your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Now, this presents total commitment, you see. Some people argue and talk about whether they should uh, just a gift of their income to the Lord or what. By the way, everything we have belongs to God. We ourselves belong to God. So even when you have given your tenth, remember that the 90% you remain with also belongs to the Lord. Remember that when God told Israel, 
about the land he was giving to them. He said, the land is mine. I am giving it to you. Israel was to bring a tithe. And I think they actually brought three tithes to the Lord. At the very beginning of the harvest, they brought the first fruits. That was to acknowledge that God was the owner of it all. It was an evidence of total commitment. Don't tell me you are totally committed to the Lord until your checkbook is committed to. The Lord gave you everything. Some people say, I have worked hard, I end this. But who gave you the health to work? Who gave you the work to do? Who made it possible for you to make money? My friend, God did all that for you. Acknowledge him. That is the evidence of total commitment. No wonder these verses insist, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Well, someone will complain that this sounds very mercenary. No, this is real spirituality, my friend. May I say that genuine spirituality is not the length of the prayer that you make. Actually, I have learned during my years as a pastor that a person who did the most talking usually in church was the one who did the least giving. However, God promises his blessings to those who honor him with their substance. How are you doing in this area of grace, honoring the Lord with your produce, with your first fruits? You are blessed if you continue to be faithful in this regard. Anyway, there is also the chastening of the Lord. Proverbs 3 verse 11 and verse 12. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father, the son in whom he delights. You see, God is going to chasten you as you go through life, if you are his child. If you are not his child, he will not chasten you. Remember that God does not whip the devil's children, but he certainly does spank his own. That is a good evidence that you belong to the Lord if he disciplines you. Because children who are illegitimate are the ones who are not disciplined. In the book of Job it says, Behold, happy is the man whom the Lord corrects. Therefore do not despise the chastening of the Almighty, for he bruises, but he binds up. He wounds, but his hands make whole. Job 5, verse 17 and 18. Now remember that chastening is not punishing. We have confused punishment with chastisement. The criminal is to be punished. The child is to be corrected. Now, I believe that modern judges have actually this thing all the way upside down. Sometimes you see a judge taking his own little son and slap him across the face when he should have corrected him. Then he turned and let off the criminal whom he should have punished. Chastisement is important for a beloved child. 
Criminals are to be punished. Our children are to be chastened. That is corrected and disciplined. You see, this is what God does for his children. There is discipline. There is chastisement in the kingdom of God. Thus, these two verses are very important. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father, the son in whom he delights. Because he loves you, he corrects you. Are you learning even from the corrections that God is putting across into your own life? Do not despise his discipline. It's important for you. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send an email to info at twrafrica.org. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me repeat that email address for you. Info at twrafrica.org.